0: I'm joined now over Skype by Paul Dennett. Paul and I host a relatively weekly cricket podcast called Bat and Ball with Pat and Paul. And Paul tweets quite brilliantly at the underscore summer underscore game. Paul, thanks very much for joining me to talk about sport in 2015. Thanks, Patrick. It's a pleasure. So what we're going to do is go through our top 15 sporting moments of the year. I'm going to say the number and then you'll say your number. Your uh, event that uh, ref- that number refers to, and then I'll say mine. We'll do it in reverse order, and we might stop at some points during the way to talk a little bit more in depth about that. So let's kick it off. Paul, what was your number 15 sporting event of 2015?
1: Well, it's an event that's not in Australia, but it's the Premier League in England, biggest sporting event in the world in many ways each year, and it's the Leicester City, a team that you would have given, been given any old odds about are currently, um, well, as of before today, they were coming first, they're coming still second, and they may win a match tonight that will put them back top of the table. The season is almost half over, and there's also a personal interest here in that I had a a little bit of money on them to win the Premier League at 1,000-1 to at the start of the season, but I think it's just quite incredible that a side that's that um, obscure is leading this tournament.
0: Yeah, if you did did a, a league table based on matches played in 2015, Leicester would be top. If you take into account how well they ended last season and how well they've begun this season, they'll be top. But unfortunately, there's no trophy for that. My number 15... My number 15 was Kansas City Royals beating the Toronto Blue Jays to win the World Series. Paul, your number 14?
1: Um, just the success of the Big Bash and the women's Big
0: Bash. Yeah, oh, cricket. Very good choice. My number 14 was Ireland qualifying for Euro 2016, beating Germany along the way. Paul, your number 13?
1: Um... The NFL season in general, not something I follow greatly, but it had um, Hawthorne winning their th- third straight premiership, um, the whole Essendon scandal and the Adam Wood scandal, so it was g- quite a lot going on there.
0: My number 13 was New Zealand beating Australia to win an admittedly very entertaining 2015 Rugby World Cup. Rugby's not one of my favourite sports, but and these games were on at prohibitively bad times for Australian viewers. But I did stay up to watch all of Australia's games and more games besides, and I actually found it very entertaining, especially England not qualifying for the next phase. Paul, you're number 12.
1: Um, The fact that Russia has been suspended from the Olympics in terms of of its athletics because of an absolutely industrial-strength-sized, institutional, state-sponsored doping program all very depressing.
0: Yeah, that's a good entry. I like that one. Uh, My number 12 was Serena Williams winning 3.71 out of 4 of the Tennis Grand Slam. (laughs) Uh, I I really enjoyed uh, all her successes and there was some fantastic journalism in the New York Times about her two weeks in New York and I'm going to put a link to that on the blog after we've played out this podcast. Your number 11, Paul?
1: Number 11 was the NRL Grand Final and that moment when Jonathan Thurston's kick to win it hit the post in sensational fashion after full-time and then blown.
0: And uh, my number 11 is North Queensland Cowboys winning the NRL Grand Final in Golden Point after a last gasp try. And, and listeners, we didn't actually share these uh, these uh, rankings beforehand, so that, that was pure coincidence, pure serendipity. Your number 10, Paul
1: the Australian basketballer playing very well for the Cleveland Cavaliers when they came second in the NBA championships and for one of the very rare times of causing American sports TV to recognise the existence of Australia I thought it was wonderful
0: yeah great minds think alike my number 10 is the Golden State Warriors overcoming Cleveland Cavaliers to win the NBA finals Your number 9 Paul
1: Uh, the Melbourne Cup with um Michelle Payne becoming the first female jockey to ever win it and to win it on a horse, Prince of Penzance, that was at 100-to-1. Quite an amazing story.
0: My number nine was Usain Bolt, winning the 100-metre and 200-metre double at the World Championships in China. I really thought that, that, while not restoring all our faith in the legitimacy of athletics, it went some way to show that uh, human greatness can overcome uh, admitted and proven dopers and I was just so pleased to see him exercise his greatness. He truly is one of the, the greatest individual beings in the history of humanity. Your number eight, Paul.
1: Um, the death of one of the greatest beings which which was the death of Richie Bennett. A very sad very sad time for all concerned.
0: Yeah, I, I included Richie in my in memoriam poem from a couple of days ago and I share with you that that tragic loss. My number eight was Australia winning the two thousand and fifteen Netball World Cup. Well done. I uh, I thought that was great. I love winning. I love winning a World Cup, and I would have loved to have won the rugby as well to to really bring it all together this year. But uh, at least the netballers could deliver what our rugby union players couldn't. Your number seven, Absolutely. Paul. Number seven was
1: one of the most satisfying moments with Seth Bladder's world finally crashing around him, and the, the the delight that we all got in seeing this corrupt idiot being finally
0: brought to justice. Oh, I love your visceral uh, pleasure <laughs> that you're taking from that, Paul. I thought that was so good that I moved it out of sport and put it in news and I revealed that to be my number eight news event of 2015 a few days ago. My number eight, uh, sorry, my number seven was Michelle Payne winning the Melbourne Cup of Prince of Penzance, which you covered so eloquently earlier. Your number six?
1: Jason Day winning the USPGA. I'm amazed this didn't get greater publicity. An Australian winning one of the four majors in golf and while our tennis players were covering themselves in uh, disgrace like idiots, this very likeable man won the USPGA in, might I add, the lowest score in the history of golfing majors, 20 under.
0: Yeah, fantastic effort there. My number six was New England Patriots winning the Super Bowl with a thrilling last play intercept that no one really saw coming against the Seattle Mariners. Sorry, Seattle, Seattle Seahawks, I'm sorry. Uh, yeah. Absolutely brilliant player. I was watching that at the pub on my lunch break and it was... Just everyone just cheered. I, I, some, I feel as though the New England Patriots represent all that's good in sport, even though they cheated to get there with Deflategate. The and your number five,
1: Paul, Jared Haynes' amazing adventure in America. For all those who say that there's too much hype and that the Australian media is paying paying too much attention to it, your opinions are completely wrong.
0: Couldn't agree more. It's also my number five, Jared Haynes, making it to some extent in the NFL. I've loved every second of it. And your number too. four.
1: Uh, sadly, Australia losing the Ashes three-two to England in um, a topsy-turvy series that um, ultimately is um, one of the, the real downers of the sporting year for me. I uh,
0: I don't have um, the Ashes at all in my top fifteen countdown. I found it so traumatic. <laughs> my number four is Jason Day winning the 2015 US PGA Championship. Uh, I watched quite a bit of this. I thought it was fantastic. Uh, I think he's a real credit to, to golf and to sport in Australia. And he also performed very well at a lot of previous majors, including you know, what might have been called a choke. And he's never once thrown his, his uh, club across the green. He's never spat the dummy. I remember he came very close to winning the Masters that Aaron, Adam Scott actually won. And Jason Day was the first person to congratulate him when he came off the green, having put on the green jacket. So I... Uh, I really... I think uh, he gave a fist
1: pump as, yeah. as Adam Scott's part went
0: in. Yeah, I know. And I, I think that shows the sort of the sort of person that he is, that he would have been absolutely devastated to have not won that major, but he was still there to congratulate a compatriot and a friend, and he backed it up by winning his own a year later. Uh, well done to Jason Day. You're number three. Number
1: three, just like you, I got into the rugby unexpectedly, and Australia coming second in the Rugby World Cup was my number three moment. The... The the final was um, a bit sad, but it was, it was wonderful to see Australia competing so well and almost going the whole way. And also wonderful to know I don't have to watch rugby again for four years.
0: My number three is, during the middle of the year, Tottenham Hotspur toured uh, Sydney, and I went out to see them play Sydney FC on a Saturday night in May, and Tottenham won 1-0 against Sydney FC, and there were huge cheers from all the Tottenham fans there, and the Tottenham players all hugged and embraced, and uh, they all seemed very satisfied with that result. And then later that night, I watched Arsenal beat Aston Villa 4-0 to win the FA Cup, and that's what a real trophy is, Tottenham. (laughs) <laughs> and your number two, Paul? Um, my number two
1: is the Australia winning the Cricket World Cup. Um, this was at the MCG. I was lucky enough to be there in the final. Now there have been 11 Cricket World Cups in history. The rest of the world won six and Australia has won five. An amazing achievement.
0: My number two is Australia winning the 2015 Cricket World Cup. I thought it was uh, a great Cricket World Cup, despite the fact that not a single match went down to the last ball. Uh, I I thought it was thoroughly entertaining. Uh, Paul and I went to the semi-final together against India, which I just thought the mood... The, the sense of joy and happiness of, of uh, everyone watching the cricket together, it, it just transcended the sport, but thankfully it didn't transcend a loss, it transcended a win. We even walked across the Tibby Bridge afterwards to celebrate. And <laughs> I, I was just so happy to see us win the Cricket World Cup and also to see Michael Clark play such an important role in the final, uh, scoring uh, the lion's share of the runs, considering the, the criticism that uh, he faced throughout all of the year. I'm going to go out on a limb here, Paul, and say we have the same event as the number one, seeing it hasn't yet come up in your 15. I was just thinking that. So why don't I say number one, and we'll say it at the same time, and we'll see if it's correct. So on the count of three, two, one, Australia wins the the 15 Asian Cup. (laughs) Paul, you were there. What were your thoughts when um, the final whistle blew and we'd won the Asian Cup? Oh,
1: it's just so exciting and delightful. It was one of those games that you just knew Australia was going to lose, and then they didn't. Um, the way that the match was panned out, all the momentum was against them. When they got the goal in extra time, it was just it was just exquisite. It was it reminded me of when we qualified for the World Cup back in 2005. Um, the Sydney Olympic Stadium just was, was a wonderful place to be. And for people who say that, oh, you know, it's not really that relevant a tournament, I should remind them that the population of people eligible for the Asian Cup is more than the 1978 World Cup. That's how big Asia now is. So I think it's a, an amazing achievement and something Australia should be proud of and the wonderful way in which we hosted it as well.
0: I could. I, I agree with everything you said. I thought the way that the Australian people uh, got together to celebrate the, the Asian Cup and to support the Asian Cup going to a lot of matches... Uh, Our migrant community, uh, you know, recent Australians, really uh, came out to support both Australia and their, their old home, I guess you could say. And I thought the spirit at so many games was amazing. I mean, I went to a couple of games where you just wouldn't assume that there'd be that many people who would be here from Iraq or the United Arab Emirates. And just the spirit of everyone to celebrate the country that they've, they once lived in and they've come to Australia, I thought it was absolutely brilliant. And uh, Paul and I went to the semi-final against the UAE together and the UAE fans cheered the whole way through despite their team being behind from the first minute. And at the end of the game they cheered for the UAE and then they immediately started cheering for Australia as well. And I thought that was such a heartwarming moment to see that. And just the, the mood at the final, uh, with all the Korean fans obviously cheering for Korea with all their with all their heart, everything that they had they gave to Korea to support them, helped Korea get that late equaliser. And then when Australia broke their hearts in extra time, they were incredibly gracious in defeat. And I think that uh, Korea were a credit to the tournament. Australia were a credit to the tournament. I, I just felt such a, a warmth, uh, a, a huge buzz that came from that from that tournament. I just felt happy to be alive.
1: Yeah, that moment in Newcastle was amazing. The UAE fans in their national dress, having some chance for the entire game, about the UAE suddenly singing Aussie, 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 and then you know the Australian crowd in Newcastle all laughing along with them, and the, yeah, the the high spirits and happiness. It was something to behold.
0: Now, just quickly before we uh, we wrap up, I just wanted to run through a couple of the crazier moments that happened through 2015. And uh, Paul, just jump in if you want to pass comment on any of these. Yep. So, my crazy moments from 2015 were Bangladesh beating England in the Cricket World Cup, uh, Diego Costa throwing his bib at Jose Mourinho during a Chelsea match, Japan beating South Africa at the Rugby World Cup. Left, that was oh, incredible, wasn't it? Left Shark stealing our hearts during Katy Perry's performance at the Super Bowl 49 halftime show. Uh, Rapper Drake being blamed for Serena Williams losing at the US Open. I went for a run during 2015. That was one of the crazier moments. Uh, Stuart Broad's face during the Trent Bridge Massacre. I thought that that was a fantastic meme, even though it was at Australia's expense. Darren Lehman sending out a tweet asking if anyone had tickets to a Liverpool match a day after the Trent Bridge Massacre. (laughs) that was not a good look was it Paul <laughs> that's hilarious
1: Hilar- he got upset when everyone um, was, was less than helpful to him it was very funny
0: uh, American Pharaoh won the triple crown which in, a, in another year where we didn't have such a phenomenal Melbourne Cup story that may have been a bigger story and finally it was hard to go past Mick Fanning being attacked by the shark off the coast of South Africa that was something that, that was just truly incredible that footage
1: that's another thing that put Australia on the world map. Um, <laughs> as did Ronda Rousey, um, someone that I've not followed at all. I don't follow the sport much, but I noticed that Americans were talking about about her as well.
0: Yeah, R- Ronda Rousey, that was, that was uh, an interesting story because it's very rare that you would have a female sporting event being so overhyped and completely overshadowing a male sporting event in Australia. And I think that that shows that the bridge between, or the gap between women's and men's sports is being bridged, which a lot of people talked about in 2015. And it's, look, it's very slow, small steps, but I think that it's important that 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 happens. And uh, looking forward to 2016, what what events are you looking forward to next year?
1: Well, actually, I'm looking forward to the Euros, uh, the Euro Championships, quite a lot, because I still hold out a faint chance of of actually going. I mean, realistically, I'm not going to go, but... I was lucky enough to be in Europe during the 2012 championships and for a continent that shivers through nine months of the year, summer is such an explosion of joy and watching it in the live sites and in various parts of Europe was such a highlight that um, I'm really looking forward to this edition of the tournament.
0: Yeah, I'm looking, to, I'm looking forward to it as well. It's in France, which is a wonderful country to, to visit. Uh, I wouldn't necessarily call the French sports mad, but I do think they're quite parochial once the, the tournament arrives. And... With the, look a lot of people have said with 24 teams instead of 16, it's going to reduce the competitiveness and the overall technical ability. but what you lack in that, you make up for in the increase in the teams that are going to be there. I mean, Ireland's going to be there, Northern Ireland will be there, England will be there, Wales will be there. you know, long, long-suffering fans and really hardcore fans that want to go over and have a great time, I think that they'll add a huge amount to the tournament, and I think
1: they're going to be there as well.
0: Yeah, and uh, oh, I mean, uh, it's truly brilliant that a country like Iceland can make a major tournament. Albania is going to be there. Uh, Besart Berisha fans, no doubt, will be will be hoping that he gets picked in the Albanian side. And also there's the Olympics in Rio in, in August. Australia. Paul, you're a big Olympics fan?
1: I am. I'll, as always, I'll get into them massively when they're on. And often there's a lot of cynicism um, about them with the drugs and with the the over-hyping and everything but the minute the Olympics start it's just two of the best weeks of sports watching in the world and I cheer the Australians on like a, two, like a, like a six-year-old with the, the joy we get with a gold medal it's, there's nothing better than it
0: yeah I suddenly find myself being interested in sailing for two weeks of the year when the Olympics Me come on. Yeah. and finally the World T20 in India in March and April obviously we have a cricket podcast uh, what do you expect from that who do you think will win? Well, to
1: toss of the coin because of the, the nature of T20, you'd have to favour India at home. I hope Australia can finally do it. A- perform decently in one of these tournaments we've certainly got a bit of firepower um, and uh, we sometimes get some pretty powerful momentum in these events and it'd be great to see if, uh, if Australia could finally win one
0: yeah and that's a fantastic time zone for Australian for Australian cricket fans India it'll be uh, every night you'll be able to watch it hopefully it'll be on TV as uh, many people know the Indian Premier League isn't even shown on TV in Australia so T20 out of India isn't as popular as you might think
1: no definitely not um, so it's going to be a great year and um, I also, you mentioned that the netball, Serena Williams and Usain Bolt. Uh, had we conferred beforehand, I probably would have included them as well. Well done on those three.
0: Oh, thank you very much. I, I go to a lot of effort here. Hey, Paul, thank you so much for joining me to chat about sport in 2015 I really encourage all our listeners to check out uh, Paul's uh, Twitter account at the underscore summer underscore game and check out our podcast Battenball with Pat and Paul uh, the easiest way to, to find that is on podcast, just search Bat and Ball with an ampersand on your iPhone or if you go to completepatrick.com I've got all the info there, just look for Bat and Ball on the right hand column Paul, can you please introduce the next song in the countdown?
1: Yep, I certainly can. It's Greek Tragedy by the Wombats.
0: Thank you, Paul.